What if I told you that the 5G network that we've heard so much about could enrich us with superhuman powers? Or what if I claim that better and faster networks can help break down negative social structures in society and enable diversity? We know that critics suspect that the radiation from the 5G towers will make us sick and create environmental damage. But do we know what else the future with 5G networks might hold? In this episode, we'll examine what effect 5G networks might have on innovation, gender equality, and sustainability, and how it can change the way the world connects and communicates. Because according to the three distinguished female leaders in this Nordic talk, 5G is not just a new network with faster internet and downloads. 5G can make life easier for people with dyslexia or hearing impairments, or even the elderly. It's also an opportunity for women to deal with the work-life balance in a far more innovative way, and maybe even increase the number of female leaders in the future. I'm Afton Halloran, and you're listening to the Nordic Talks podcast. see the future with the 5G uh, will be an era of superhumans. We will all have a new superpowers available for us thanks to Internet of Things, sensors, wearable technologies, and great new super gadgets uh, powered by artificial intelligence. Many people still think about 5G only as a better 4G, but I want to point out that um, 5G actually will introduce us to totally new dimensions. This is Elena Ledere from Latvia. She's a 5G expert and currently holds a 5G innovation lead position at LMT, one of Latvia's biggest mobile telecommunications operators. She's also active in her community. She mentors for the Riga Tech Girls and various startups, student hackathons, and innovation movements. She believes in tech for everyone and spends her spare time teaching children how to draw in 3D. At this online Nordic Talks event, live streamed from the 5G Techratory Forum in Latvia, Elena is joined by two other panelists. One of them is Leslie Shannon. She works as head of ecosystem and trend scouting at Nokia, and she's very excited about a future with 5G. These are the early kinds of things that are going to give us superhuman powers. And so I think sensory augmentation with head-mounted devices that are ultimately augmented reality devices that give us information about the world as we move through it, that's going to totally change the relationship between humans and computers. And that's going to be the lasting legacy between of 5G. It's going to be getting us away from using screens, 2D screens and keyboards as our main computer interface and changing to how having our computing and our understanding of the world integrated with the world as we move through it and as something that we can perceive, you know, just in a very natural way that we speak and we gesture to. And keyboard, what's that? In her job, Leslie investigates new technologies, including virtual reality, artificial intelligence, self-driving cars, robotics, and even drones. As Nokia's head trend scout, I I tell you, a huge amount of the scouting work that I do, 
I can do it without even leaving my house just by going upstairs and seeing what my kids are doing in their bedrooms. Um, because my, I've got two boys and they're both teenagers and they're both into gaming. And so, and gaming, it's not just about playing games. This is actually the beginning of alternate virtual worlds that more and more of us are going to be spending more and more time in. Um, for example, when my, about five years ago, I'd say, um, my children, the money that they got from their allowance, they would spend on physical things, mostly Legos. And, um, but now as they're in their teens, Almost every single dollar that they get, um, that they earn or, or get in their allowance, um, goes to digital goods. It goes to things that they buy avatars or skins for themselves in some of the games or computer equipment. My um, 12-year-old just bought an expensive microphone so that it could enable his own Twitch stream that he has. Everything, and they do all of their, not now, especially with COVID, all of their schooling goes through the computer and that virtual classroom, all of their entertainment, all of their socializing, all of their social stuff is done through that computer. And far from it being a, um, a limiting thing, it actually is really opening up their minds and making them more global than I ever was at that age. Because they're seeing all kinds of content from other people around the world on YouTube, you know, my kids can do a pretty good Australian accent. I don't know how many Australian accents I'd even heard when I was their age. And, and, and so there's a direct connection to other people that's happening, that's happening in the youth of today. There's the, the use of technology. There's the comfort with technology and the comfort with these new worlds and the concept of digital goods and the fact that if I buy something in the digital space, it still has value. Even if I can't physically touch it here, it still has value to me. Our economies are going to shift hugely as a result of this kind of thing. And, um, you know, and 5G is the absolute enabler of all of this. When we increase our use of technology, it also means that we'll need more data centers to support the countless connected devices. In fact, a recent study from the Danish Council of Climate Change shows that the amount of electricity needed to cool data centers and server rooms is expected to increase, so much that it will be challenging to cover the demand with renewable energy in the future. Sophia Alamson, an advisor at Nordic Energy Research, points out that it's vital to secure a sustainable energy source before we digitalize our societies any further. Because we still want to reach the Paris Agreement, superhuman powers or not. So for digitalization, this has implications that kind of goes both ways. Because to be able to digitalize and, for example, run a large data storage center, the access to stable energy is crucial. Uh, and then thanks to the digital solutions such as 5G, the grid can become even more stable and robust to secure this supply. So it's kind of a mutual dependence. Uh, but then, of course, when everything is sudden, suddenly online, it's also raising these questions about vulnerabilities such as cybersecurity and the crucial infrastructure. So just to sum up for me, I would say that the ongoing energy transition it need, it needs to happen really close to the digital innovation so that they can kind of develop together. To make sure we get the future we want, we need to envision what role 5G and new technology can play. According to our speakers, a faster and better network enables endless opportunities and more accessible technology that can make life a little easier for elderly people who are not used to handling all these new electronic devices. 
or even to help women who are struggling to balance their family lives and their careers, which could foster the development of more female leaders in the future. But the way that 5G will actually help break down these barriers is in that that um, you know shifting from having everything in a smartphone where you have to know what the icon means and you have to know how do I open the screen and having that shift to more voice and gesture driven kinds of communications and you know probably within the next decade we'll actually have as as I was mentioning these these augmented reality um, enhanced eyeglasses like that will do vision correction that will do audio enhancement like Alina was talking about that will maybe give subtitles for the words that people are speaking so that they will replace hearing aids. Um, They will actually have front-facing cameras to be able to understand our hand gestures. And with that kind of a thing, that will enable the elderly and the very young and the illiterate, people who may not be able to use smartphones or the internet now, to be able to just say, um, you know, Alexa, uh, deliver pizza from my favorite place at five o'clock tonight, Um, or to have menus that are you know, in front of you that you can touch and swipe, you know, minority report style. All of that is in the chain. And again, enabled by 5G with that split chip concept with the very light end device connecting to powerful stacks of servers in the network that make it all possible. I might have underestimated the power of technology. At least, I never thought about it as something that could break down some of the social barriers that we've struggled with for decades. But let's assume that Leslie, Sophia, and Elena are right then how do we ensure that we get all these technological benefits? There's someone from Google who famously says that every solution to a problem brings up new problems. So my mobile phone actually lets me make calls from being away from my desk. That's a great solution to that problem. But now I have to find a charging point somewhere. That's a different problem. And we really do have to think through the second order effects of the things that we create for the future. What are the implications, good and bad, of everything that we have in mind for putting in place for the future? But how is it possible to imagine the future when technology is developing so fast? Looking back just a couple of years, I wouldn't have been able to imagine just how much data and AI would influence our lives today but to take the necessary steps and ensure both social and environmental sustainability, we need to know what lies ahead. Here's Sophia. At Nordic Energy Research, we work a lot with different scenarios and outlooks for the energy sector, where we kind of envision the future and point at different opportunities, and these are the options and so on. And we're doing this because we want, it's a way of saying, are we on track? And ensure that we are not falling behind because we are in fact trying to reach the Paris goals which are in the future, but not really that far ahead. Uh, So thinking about the future is to find opportunities and at the same time looking at where we are right now to see, okay, we need to speed this up. Uh, But then I would also like to mention, since we are talking about the future and it has all these amazing positive uh, uh, visions, we really must do uh, what we really, really must do is to envision also the potential negative side effects of these different scenarios. Because I think also the smartest and most environmentally friendly new innovation thing, it might cause unexpected backlash if we haven't already envisioned it. So it shouldn't be unexpected to us because we need to expect it to be able to actually prevent it if it's something that we don't desire. So do we desire superhuman powers, night vision and self-driving cars? And will the future of technology take nature and climate into account? There's a saying in English that uh, if you don't know where you're going, then you're never going to get there. 
And so, um, you know, the future is too important to let happen accidentally. <laughs> and so, um, and so Sophia, what Sophia said about planning for a positive future and also watching out for a negative future is extremely important. And um, uh, one of the things that I like to do is I like, I like to look at science fiction, both in terms of envisioning a, a positive future, so the positive developments of something like Star Trek, um, plus then plus also very important to look at the negative um, sides of things like Terminator. Um, you know, uh, in the Terminator movies, the uh, Skynet, the computers, they start killing off humans four hours after becoming self-aware. <laughs> okay, that's a Hollywood script, but still, it's important to have those kinds of things in mind to understand what the stakes really could be if we mess this stuff up. And so, um, and it also, it's extremely it makes it easy to recognize the futures that we don't want and to flag ahead of time. Like, oh, this is a path we shouldn't want to go down to. You know, all you need to do is say like Terminator or Big Brother and everybody knows what you're talking about. And then that can actually help guide you towards something that is more positive. Now back to the claim that 5G can address societal inequalities. According to Leslie, Sophia and Elena, Digitalization makes it easier for women to work from home. In other words, technology has become an essential ingredient of modern life. Having 5G and those changing interfaces that I was talking about is actually going to enable the elderly to a great degree. Because right now, um, my parents cannot use the internet at all. Not at all. Um, they used to be able to know how to work a computer and they are they don't remember how anymore. They remember how to work a TV and how to pick up a phone and that's it. Um, and so they can't call an Uber. They can't have food delivered to them from a restaurant. All these things that we're starting to take for granted, they don't know. Like they were, My mom was trying to get the directions to a new doctor's office over the phone and she asked the person, the nurse, how do I get there? Because she doesn't have a smartphone and she doesn't have a map on her phone and the nurse couldn't give her directions literally could not get because the new world needs to be able to talk to the older world <laughs> and we've gotten so used to our devices and our gadgets that we forget that there's people who don't have them that's why leslie sophia and elena each have their own way of inspiring kids women and the elderly to get the most out of 5g and other technologies this is sophia I'm involved in a network for women in the energy sector, which is called Nordic Energy Equality Network. Um, and we try to highlight women's position in this sector because um, quite male-dominated. So we are currently doing a report on gender diversity and gender balance at organization level in the energy sector. And we look at both business and academia and authorities and so on. And then, for example, we look at if, if these organizations have a gender equality policy, gender equality <clears throat> strategy, or something similar. And of course, many of them do. But then the next question would be then how they actually implement it. Is this just a nice piece of paper saying that, oh, we believe that men and women are equal? Or is there actually a plan? Do you have any goals? Okay, good, you have goals. What do you do to actually follow up on these goals? Do you have an annual evaluation? Or how do you measure it? And so on. So it's all about really if you actually walk the talk. And I also think it's important that organizations have these discussions continuously, because frankly, some might be uncomfortable speaking about gender and diversity issues since they simply are not used to it. So I think the more we just talk about it, the more it will become a natural thing. And then not to forget that change can often come up by what might initially be an uncomfortable situation or a conversation. 
And the other thing is actually... This is Elena. But it is very important to introduce the technologies, our wide range of skills, not only coding, and as it is actually seen by many people, especially with the 5G, actually, uh, with the background of different industries, uh, you just need to learn at least basic skills and basic principles uh, for technologies. Uh, and then you can just uh, with your idea, actually, uh, very easily build uh, or do something uh, with 5G. In the Nordics, we have a long tradition of welfare. We pay our taxes, and we expect the government to deliver free education, daycare institutions, and free access to hospitals and treatments in return. In other words, we expect the state to take care of our kids and the elderly when we go to work. But while we've made a lot of progress, women are still spending much of their time at home taking care of kids. This is Leslie's perspective on how technology can help change that. As a woman, I have children and I now have elderly parents. And the care of both of those, um, it's called the sandwich generation. They fall to me. And and that actually takes away from uh, my ability to work. And so my workplace needs to understand that. Happily, my company does. I'm currently, I'm in a hotel room in Washington, D.C. because I've had to fly to the East Coast so I can look after my parents. Um, and I have to be in quarantine for 14 days before I can be with them. And Nokia understands this and allows me to do the work from the hotel room and then from my parents' house um, later on. And so, you know, giving me that, that ability and happily having you know, good work leave possibilities if my parents really fall ill and I have to take work leave to care for them, Nokia will understand that. Not many tech companies have those kinds of policies, at least in the United States, um, because they're run by young men and, and even young women who haven't experienced this and don't understand. These are the kinds of things that make women leave the workforce entirely. And because if the pressure comes between work and a family, many women will take family and then they will not reach the top. And so companies need to be aware of that and to support the women because, you know, honey, I'm your future. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to completely agree with you. This is Sophia. And I also think these social norms, they won't just go away just because we are shifting, uh, doing this digital revolution or uh, we need to address them, uh, such as women spending more time on housework and childcare. And right now, as we are in the middle of having kind of being forced to work from home, a lot of us, this must be the perfect time for employers to make adaptations for a more family friendly workplace where the staff can actually combine work and family life. And also where I work, we are quite lucky because it, it, it has always been quite flexible. And I think it's a good way to keep women in the organization and certainly to attract more women to lead your positions because they might otherwise turn away because due to these old traditions, they are expected to come in early and stay at the office on overtime. So I think it's really, really a good moment to re-evaluate how and where we work. And just to connect to 5G, I expect a lot from the future. No more interruptions, no more blurry camera pictures. It's going to be revolutionizing, I hope, to the home office. When used right, technology can be an enabler of societal change. Just think about the internet, TV, or cars. As we've heard from Leslie, Sophia, and Elena, 5G technology has huge potential to improve our everyday lives, from how we communicate with each other to how we work. 
yet another era of technological disruption is dawning. And it's up to governments, companies, and citizens to ensure that we amplify the advantages and reduce the disadvantages. If you want to arrange your own Nordic Talks event, you can read more at nordictalks.com. I'm Afton Halloran, and thanks for listening to the Nordic Talks podcast.